0: We come to the time each Lord's Day where we want to take a few minutes to focus upon our children, our kids, and to, to talk about the story of the gospel, particularly in the context of the whole of the Bible, and even to talk about a song we just sang right then. Before the throne of God above, I have a, a strong and mighty plea. I have, I have an advocate. I have something before the throne of God. And here's a question I have, and it's both for the, our little kids and our big kids. Why do we need an advocate or somebody to come between us and God before the throne of God? What's the problem? It's not a trick question. What's the problem? I heard it, yeah. It's our sin problem, isn't it? And we've been rehearsing the story of the gospel going all the way back to the book of Genesis, haven't we? We saw in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam and Eve sinned against God and propelled the whole of the human race in sin and rebellion against God and all of humanity is in big trouble with God. It's our sin problem but there in the garden god did make a promise didn't he and this was so kind of him did he have to do this no but he made a promise that i'm going to make a way for what just went wrong and what you've done against me to be forgiven those sins can be wiped clean and your fellowship with me can be restored And he began to tell us a story, going all the way back to Genesis 3, of how he's going to accomplish that. And it's going to come through, he called it in Genesis 3, what? A, do you remember? Seed? A seed. He began to tell us it was going to be a person. And all throughout the Old Testament, the story has been about the coming about of that person. Do you remember who the father of this family, this person was going to be? Father... Abraham, and we've been tracing that family and we've seen the family of Abraham go through highs and lows. And we've seen that man man is still having a hard time. But God is not giving up. God is not gonna say, enough's enough. I'm just tired of this. He continues with this plan of salvation. And today we come to a story that you're gonna be very, very familiar with. But you may not have always, and this is for us as big kids as well, you may not have always recognized it as a story about who that Messiah is going to be, Jesus of Nazareth. Let me read the story. Again, we continue through the Jesus Storybook Bible of a man named Jonah. You've heard the story of Jonah before? Yeah, so you know what's coming, huh? All right, well, let's see if we understand what it's really about. God had a job for a man named Jonah, but Jonah didn't want that job. Go to Nineveh, God said, and tell, listen to this, Tell your worst enemies, Jonah, the people you hate, tell your worst enemies, I love them. What do you think Jonah's response is? Do you think he's excited about that? Do you like going and talking to your worst enemies? We tend to not to. And so Jonah said, no, there are bad people. They do bad things. I don't want to go. And God said, exactly. They are bad people doing bad things. They have run far away from me, God says. But I still won't stop loving them. I'm going to give them a new start, just like I've promised you. I'm going to forgive them. No, said Jonah. I won't go. They don't deserve it. I'll run away, Jonah said to himself. Far away. I'm going to run so far away from God, he's not going to be able to find me. And then I won't have to do what God says. It's a good plan, right? If you can run far enough away from God, maybe... Maybe you can just hide from him. What do you think? Is that going to work out? No, it's not, is it? But, of course, it wasn't a good plan at all. It was a silly plan because can you really run away from God? Why can you not run away from God? Where does God live? God is, what about our big kids? Where is God? Everywhere. He's everywhere. You can't, and he knows all. He's always going to be able to see you and find you. Well, Jonah went ahead with his not very good plan anyway. One ticket to Nineveh. No, one ticket not to Nineveh, please. And he boarded a boat sailing in the very opposite direction that God wanted him to go. See Jonah there kind of getting ready to get on a boat. God says go this way. Uh Uh-uh. I want to go that way. So it wasn't long before a fierce wind blew And the boat that Jonah was on began to lurch and pitch and roll. You ever been on a boat before out on the sea and it rocks back and forth? Yeah, I see some yeses. You ever been on it in a storm, a big storm? I have not, but it goes even crazier. Everyone started to turn green, which means they were getting sick. Jonah sat up in his bed. You see, the first thing that went wrong with Jonah's not very good plan was God sent a big storm after him. It was such a big storm, these professional sailors couldn't sail the ship properly. We're sinking, they said. They screamed and started throwing everything overboard, suitcases, food, everything they could find. But Jonah knew what this was all about. He knew the storm was his fault. And so he said to the sailors, throw me in instead and the storm will stop. The sailors weren't sure, but my goodness, we'll try anything. If it's the only way we can be saved, we'll do it. And so one, two, three, and they throw Jonah into the water. Splash. No sooner had Jonah hit the water than the waves. What do you think happened to the waves? They grew calm. They stopped, didn't they? The wind died down. The storm stopped. And just then, when Jonah was thinking it's all over, he's sure he's in the middle of the ocean, he's going to drown, he's going to die, God rescued him. But not the way you and I would think someone's going to be rescued. How did God rescue him? He sent what? Absolutely, a big fish, didn't he? He sent a big fish to swallow him up with one big gulp. You'd be scared. I would be too. Listen, I don't like snakes, let alone a big old whale coming and swallowing me whole. Jonah was swallowed up by this big whale. Jonah must've thought he died. It was so dark inside. It was almost like a tomb. Keep that imagery in mind just a minute. It was almost like a tomb. What's a tomb? What's that? There you go, a grave, a place you put dead people. It was so dark in there like a tomb. And then he smelled the rotting food. He felt the slimy seaweed, and he knew, I'm not dead. I'm in the belly of this thing. Sitting there in the darkness for three whole days. Keep that in mind, too. It was like a tomb. He was in there for three days. Jonah had plenty of time to think during those days. And he realized, I'm so foolish. Who was that? What was I thinking? I could disobey God, run away from God, and do what I want to do. And he was sorry for doing so. He prayed to God from inside the, 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 the fish's belly for forgiveness. And God did indeed forgive him. You see him in there? See the ribs there inside the belly of the whale. And after three days, the fish spit Jonah safely onto a sandy beach. That's just miraculous. We are talking an awful lot in here about the miraculous works of God. We're not going to go into the biology of the digestive system and all this stuff. But after three days in the stomach, he spits him out safely onto the sandy beach. Can you imagine what he smelled like? Just then, Jonah heard someone calling his name. Go to Nineveh. And this time, what do you think Jonah said? Okay, yes. And he went straight to Nineveh. And he told God's message of who God is, of who they are in light of Genesis 3 and the promise of a coming Messiah. Even though you've run far away from God, he can't stop loving you, Jonah told them. Run to God. He can forgive you through this promised one. And the people of Nineveh listened to Jonah and they started loving God. They learned to do what God said and stopped running away from him, just like Jonah did. Now, many years later, God's going to send another messenger, better than Jonah. Every one of these stories has ended this way. God's going to send another better than the previous one, better than Abraham, better than David, better than Saul, better than Solomon, better than Jonah. Who's going to have the same wonderful message. And like Jonah, is going to spend three days in utter darkness. Who is that Messiah or who is that one he's talking about? Yes, sir. Man, I love it. You said it with conviction there. It's Jesus. And what's the three days in darkness that we're talking about? Three days in the tomb. Three days in the tomb. And this messenger that God's going to send, like Jonah, but better, is God's own son, Jesus Christ, who we're in John's gospel these days, John calls the Word. So the messenger God sent is actually himself. He's the word. He is the message. Christ Jesus. God's message of God is holy. You've sinned against this God. But he is kind and merciful beyond belief and has provided a way of salvation to return to him. And here's the message. It's me. My life. My death. My three days in the tomb, my resurrection from the grave, is your hope of the forgiveness of your sins. Kiddos, this has been the message in every one of these stories. You are just like your parents and just like the guy up here. I'm no better, no different from anybody. A sinner in need of a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. And this morning, our, our prayer for you as your parents and church family around you is that God would show you you are Adam. You are in need of a Savior, Genesis 3. Christ is that Savior. He's the one who spent three days in the belly of a fish, so you won't have to. Not that the wages of sin is you get swallowed up by a fish, but it is death. You will be in a tomb physically and spiritually separated from God. That's the wages of your sin just like mine. But Christ is the one who's died the death you and I deserve, paid the price, risen from the dead, so that we might have forgiveness of sin.